This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuned in to the new TNN. Oh yeah, go downtown! JR, this is Kyla. Oh yeah, Triple H, hey, JR, can you spell Enigma? Oh man, he is getting P.O.'d! Here comes Jacqueline, the baby with back. Oh yeah, what up, Kickfish? Pop culture addicts, this is the new TNN podcast feed. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to hold in tears. This is the series finale of Kingfish, the Shane McMahon audio journey. But holy shit, you know what? I am just proud to have actually finished something that we've started here on this feed. Of course, God, way back in like August or June or July or 2019 or 1998, I don't know what it was, we started this journey with Shane McMahon, tracking what it feels like to be a part of Sunday Night Heat when Shane McMahon is on commentary for the magical 12 weeks, three months, where Shane McMahon is not really a character in the WWF. He's just... The announcer on Sunday Night Heat and sometimes, I guess, Monday Night Raw. Still wish I would have known that before it was too late, but nonetheless, that's fine. But this is it. You know, it's the night of Judgment Day, 1998, okay? And we'll get all that when we start the show. But tonight at Judgment Day, uh, spoiler alert if you've never seen it, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin refuses to count the 1-2-3 for The Undertaker or Kane. The WWF title remains vacant. Austin, the next night on Raw, kidnaps Vince McMahon, bang, 316. Very classic moment in storyline. Austin's fired, but he gets a new contract. Ah, the name on the dotted line of Stoko Steve Austin's contract does say McMahon, but it says Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon becomes a lowly referee. Shane McMahon flips the double bird at the Deadly Game. Which, you know what? I tried to watch the Deadly Game pay-per-view on the on Peacock. Man, that shit is butchered to fuck. It's like, I don't know if it's like a DVD version or some shit, but it is absolutely cut and shredded to pieces. There's all sorts of bullshit going on. If I'm not mistaken, they cut the Deadly Game theme song too. That was the thing that pissed me off the most. And so you know what? For everybody out there that needs it, here it comes. Nowhere to go, you. Nowhere to go. I don't know the words at the beginning. But they say things like nowhere to run. And then you know that things are coming inside. Because it's a deadly game. It's a game that we play. A deadly game. Oh, it's this game that we play. A deadly game. So, yeah. But like I said, we're going to wrap things up here today. I don't want to delay it any further. I'm going to get emotional, just like all of us are, but let's see what the Prince has in store for us this evening. It is episode 12 of Sunday Night Heat. It's in the Rosemont Horizon. Well, hey, if you're going to go out, go out in style. What a great arena for wrestling in Rosemont, Illinois, site of Judgment Day, October 18th, 1998. We start with the World Wrestling Federation. No, we don't. We start with 
Attitude. We get a video recap. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon's September Saga. Probably one of the peak sets of weeks, that kind of rhymes, in their storyline. Because that breakdown in your house, Vince McMahon gave us the greatest middle finger of all time. The next night, Austin attacked with the Zamboni. That night, well, before I get into everything that's in here, there's a sign. The video recap starts with a sign. This show starts with a fan sign at the beginning of this video recap. It's doing the music like the Stone Cold sign. Sign says, Austin was robbed. Crucify McMahon. Hi, Andrea. So, hey, Andrea, or Andrea, however you pronounce your name, welcome. Glad you got, glad your boyfriend or whoever this was got your name on TV. But it does say crucify. It doesn't say Austin was robbed. Put Vince McMahon on a symbol. It's crucify, all right? Then we see the Zamboni attack. Undertaker and Kane break the ankle of Vince McMahon because they won't give him a title shot. Vince attacks oh, McMahon. God damn it. I'm out of sorts. I'm, I'm just emotional. Austin attacks McMahon in the hospital. Socko. Concrete in the Lamborghini or whatever it is. Kane and Undertaker going on for the gold tonight. You must raise the hand or you are fired. So many classic moments you think about. The Zamboni. The hospital attack and the concrete in the car is huge. And, of course, we talked about that briefly on Ringman, which we'll talk about more. So if you missed the, the uh, last episode of Kingfish, you know, there's a lot you got to catch up on. Go back, check out Kingfish episode 11, and then check out the debut episode of Ringman where we talked about the 1998 Intercontinental Championship Tournament on Raw. That's the Lamborghini night. And if it's not a Lamborghini, guess what? I don't care. It's the Seaman car. We get our Sunday Night Heat opening. The pyro goes off, and our hero makes his presence known. Emanated live from the site of Judgment Day, Chicago, Illinois. Get ready, because Sunday Night Heat is coming at you live. Woo! I don't know what's with the woo, but he did it. Shane McMahon and Jim Cornette here tonight. No time to waste. Here comes Shane's future nemesis. Steve Blackman. Now, unfortunately, as Blackman makes his entrance, it sounds like this. It's not. Now, if you listen to that debut episode of Ringman that I just hyped, we know that Steve Blackman came back early, forced to come back early by a Vince McMahon for the tournament, which was just on Monday, and he's still recovering from an knee injury. So why is he here? Is this still a thing? His opponent, already in the ring, future WWE champion Bradshaw. Shane questions... Uh, no, it wasn't Shane did this. It was Jim Cornette, because Shane wouldn't be this smart. Or was it Shane? You know what? I don't care. Somebody questions the fact that Steve Blackman jumped into the ring Randy Savage style because of the knee, and we flash back to Monday night and see Shamrock twerking and torquing the knee and the ankle of a Steve Blackman en route to winning the IC title tournament. The bell rings. Here we go. Bradshaw, nice with the knee. Oh, I would not Bradshaw mad at me. I'll tell you that. No, thank you. A big drop kick by Steve Blackman, and Shane McMahon yells, Oh, yeah! 
A suplex by Steve Blackman. Oh, nice suplex. He did it. He didn't call it a DDT. We have seen the evolution of Shane McMahon confusing DDTs and suplexes. And folks, tonight, we got a lot of suplexes. And will we go 100%? We'll keep, keep listening. Uh, Jim Cornette brings up Stone Cold Steve Austin will have to make a choice tonight. And it's true, he will. But Blackman throws a reverse knife edge chop. Shane McMahon cuts off Jim Cornette and again yells, Woo! Along with the audience. Now, folks, we all know that Ric Flair works for WCW. So what's the end game here? After the Woo! Heat is awesome! And we're pumping it up right here. Bradshaw later hits the SOS. Watch it! And oh! Nice shot. Big boot by JBL. The director of Sunday Night Heat puts the countdown clock in the corner because we're counting down to Judgment Day. The countdown is on. 53 minutes, 45 seconds until Judgment Day. Will Austin humble himself in front of the world? That is the question. A big back body drop by Steve Blackman. Man, I can't tell Blackman's knee is still hurt. Probably shouldn't point that out, Shane, unless there's uh, something to do with the knee or the storyline here in the match. A snap suplex by Steve Blackman. And Shane says, oh, nice snap suplex. God, I'm so proud of my boy. He's all grown up. That's two for two. And and he even commented that it was the snap version. I've just, I've never been more proud. Blackman whips JBL into the ropes and hits a big jumping bicycle kick shades of Danny LaRusso. One, two, three. Well, I guess his knee is fine and Blackman is back in business and ain't it grand. Back in business with a bang. Let the good times roll. That's a Dick Tracy reference. Wait a minute. What's this? What is happening? It's true. Something is happening. Shane. Why don't you tell us? That's that's the blue blazer! Oh man! The blue blazer's in there! Wham! Wham! Yeah, blazer! Look at that! Look at the blazer! The blazer's going crazy! It's true, the blue blazer is here, beating up a Steve Blackman. Remember, Owen Hart retired due to injuring wrestlers like Day and the Beast Severed. And we uh, talked about that on an episode of Kingfish where Owen Hart like wrestled a match but didn't wrestle, and it was pretty funny. Blue Blazer finishes the beatdown in an absolutely amazing moment that makes me smile, even though the Blue Blazer leaves the ring, and he kind of walk-runs down the aisle with his hand in front of his mask, and then he puts the cape over the hand that's already in front of his mask so no one can see his face. (laughs) God, I love you, Owen. And hey, speaking of not seeing the face, I can't believe that we see Shane McMahon's face here because we cut to the announce table. Shane is wearing a shiny Chris Jericho-esque button-down, all right? Now, the top two buttons are undone, which allows you, of course, to throw your collar wide open, okay? Because if you do the top button that's not the tie button, because the top most button's the tie button, all right? Of course, I prefer to wear a tie with the top undone. Tie hanging a little loose. Stole from Josh Hartnett in H2O, and I never gave it back. So that's what I'm rocking. But he's got the next button undone, too. So you can do the wide collar black t-shirt underneath. But to top it all off, like the cherry on a beautiful hot fudge Sunday, Shane McMahon with a backwards Kangol hat. Man, tonight heat is going to be awesome. It's pumped up because tonight the WWF Intercontinental Champion will be crowned. That will be Ken Shamrock, and Triple H has to hand it over. Now, folks, 
This is something we learned about during the Intercontinental title tournament on Ringman. Ken Shamrock won the tournament. Spoiler. Fuck. Now you're not going to listen to it. And it was said on that show that Triple H would have to hand over the belt to Shamrock in a ceremony in order to show Stone Cold Steve Austin what's expected of him this evening. It's actually, gotta admit, sort of a genius stroke. Now, is it a genius like writing Citizen Kane? Well, no. But this is pro wrestling, people. I mean, I think it's a pretty good thing to do. Flip side of that, because there's this ceremony, the WWF Graphics Department has created a graphic for this. Now, I cannot lie, and I can't believe I've probably never said this out loud. One of my favorite things about growing up a WWF fan are the graphics. Even as a youngster, you know, it's SummerSlam 1990, big double main event. You know, with the blue squares and the yellow squares and the competitors and one of each, they might have been blue and yellow and very colorblind. But I can still see the Ultimate Warrior standing there with the purple belt with the warrior tiny symbol on his cheek and Rick Rude. Like, like the thing is, is that their match graphics are amazing. They always have been. They always will be. Uh, even the ones on Raw where they move, and it's like, tonight is a night! You know, and you see Dean Ambrose, like, moving his arms back and forth, and it's like, tonight is a night! And on the other side, you've got, I don't know, Ricochet, and he's revving up his arm, and it's like, tonight is a night! Dean Ambrose taking on Ricochet! Tonight is a night! And then they freeze. <laughs> anyway, the graphic for this ceremony is amazing. It's got the Sunday Night Heat background. And yes, I've got like, I'm five minutes into describing this graphic, but I, it's amazing. Left side, a very stoic Ken Shamrock. Looking like someone that is at a very important business meeting wearing wrestling trunks that is trying to impress someone. He's just focused, all right? He took three Adderall. On the right, Triple H in a DX shirt. Now, Triple H has been posed in this graphic doing the Hulk Hogan to the side pose. Now, we all know Hogan must pose, all right? Let's take a look at the dynamics of Hogan's posing. The ear cup, it's not that one. The big one where his arm is pointed like a fucking check mark. You know, the big one. Oof. He's got one hand up in a fist and the other one pointing like an arrow. Okay, it's the Hulk Hogan arrow pose. It's not that one. And then he's got the ruff, 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 when he brings his two fists together and he and he sort of squats forward. The one that's on all the posters. It's not that one. Hogan has the and then the fourth one, the one to the side. All right, the woof. Look at the side pose. Triple H is doing that, and they have superimposed the Intercontinental Championship onto the end of his fist like he's handing it over. And the look on Triple H's face, I don't know how to describe it. It's its fictional. It's like a Triple H fake ID. I, I can't do it justice, but I love it. Now, Austin will also be here this evening, and we promise to get a word with him as soon as he arrives, and he probably won't be in a good mood. But someone that's already here in the building tonight, in an excellent mood, we cut to... God, it's so funny because I, I had Judgment Day on tape, I remember having this episode of Heat on tape and being so happy that I did because there is a recurring gag throughout the evening. Earlier tonight, Paul Bearer is here. And we don't know why, because Paul Bearer shouldn't be here tonight, I guess, according to the storylines. Now, we're in catering. Paul Bearer is wearing, like, an accountant uniform, okay? He's just... 
he's wearing like khaki pants and a fucking very loud multiple color vertical bar shirt polo tucked in for some reason and he's got this plate like a big paper plate in catering and he's pouring some gravy out of a crock pot onto a plate of food it's a plate full of turkey a baked potato and mashed potatoes double starch now before you sound before you say that that sounds like something that Paul Bear wouldn't do don't worry the purveyor of the funeral parlor is indeed double fisting. He has a second plate with five biscuits and packets of butter. I believe as he's pouring the gravy, he says, I love WWF buffet. He turns around and walks to find a seat. The camera is directly on him. Paul Bear is the entire frame. Behind him walks a Rosemont Horizon janitor. And this janitor spikes the camera. This man might be Thurgood Jenkins. It's unconfirmed. But he looks just like him. He also looks unamused. That as the evening progresses, this man as a janitor here at the Rosemont Horizon may be held responsible and have to deal with the ramifications of this pallbearer snack attack. Now if you want to see this picture... I posted it on my Twitter at the Johnny C T H E J O N N I E S E A. All right, it's there for you. Scroll a little bit if you don't see it. It's there. It's there for this specific reason. Shane McMahon makes the call. Look at that. Look at all that gravy. What is Paul Bear doing here tonight? Paul spikes the camera. No, I need a chair. And we fade to a commercial. We're back in the arena, and the bell rings for a matchup that we're joining, well, right at the beginning. Looks like we've got a tag team match of a six-man nature taking place. The oddities, with the insane clown posse outside the ring, are taking on Los Bariqua. Touch the sky. Los Bariqua. Heads up high. This variant of the Bariquas is Jose Estrada, Miguel Perez, and everybody's favorite, Jesus. Now, it's uh, Miguel and Golga. Starting off, Shane welcomes us back. Not with, welcome back, Dosa Day Night Heat. But with, man, Golga in there. Check it out with Miguel from Los Bariquas. Oh, rogue strategy there by Miguel. Boom. Oh, he tried it again. Jim Cornette's talking about the match. And he goes to say Jesus at one point when Jesus becomes involved. But his voice cracks. And he says, hi, Jesus. Then, later, Shane makes the call. Jose and Miguel now. Oh, yeah, that's the way. Double team, Golga. Double suplex. (laughs) Three for three on the suplexes, but listen to this again. All right? Jose and Miguel now. Oh, yeah, that's the way. Double team, Golga. Double suplex. Is Shane commentating, or is he coaching Edward Norton, making a sex tape a la Primal Fear? Yeah, that's good. That's good, Edward Norton. Touch her. She wants to be touched. Show her she's loved, Edward Norton. (laughs) Have you guys seen that movie? You know what I'm talking about? Golga fights back and makes a hot tag to Kurrigan, the gator. A big sidewalk slam and a scream (laughs) by the gator. But he misses an elbow. Shane lets us know what's going down in the neighborhood. Oh, nobody home. Triple team now by Puerto Rico's favorite sons. Alternate joke there. 
triple team by the Puerto Rican team, as Cowboy Bill Watts would say. Miguel gets tossed by the unreal power of Kurgan the interrogator. Oh, nice forearm, says Shane. The giant Silva is tagged in. He does a maneuver. Now, let's pretend you had your eyes closed and couldn't see the television. Uh, you would imagine a pro wrestling commentator should guide you through what you're seeing. Let's see if Shane McMahon gets the job done. Close your eyes. Here we go. Giant Silva! Giant Silva! Oh boy! Jose! Oh Miguel! Going up! And pop! Oh! Mercy! Mercy! Now, what did you see? That's right. It was a power bomb. Golga gets tagged back in. Close your eyes. Shane, on the call. Uh-oh! Hitting the ropes! Boom! And kaboom! Two count! And that is it! That is Golga hitting the earthquake splash for the one, two, three. It's a celebration, bitches! Well, here in the Rosemont Horizon. But wait! The headbangers are here and they attack the ICP. Shane makes the call. Yeah! 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 Boom! Get it on! Again, is he commentating or doing the Ed Norton sex tape? Let's review. Yeah. 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 Boom. Get it on. Do you see? The New Age Outlaws make the save. Oh, yeah. Prelude to Judgment Day. Right here. Ya boy. Jim Cornette calls the tag team title match tonight the Battle of the JVC Kaboom Box. We we see the Triple H and Shamrock graphic again. And we're reminded Stone Cold will be here any moment. I can barely hear this pre-commercial hype because the dubbed ICP music is playing in the background since the battle is over. You remember the ICP dubbed music? Complete with the slide whistle. And Jim Cornette, why is Paul Bearer here? Let's see what happened earlier tonight. That's right. We're back in catering now. Paul Bearer with one plate, but he is holding it with two hands because on the left side is a giant slice of warm apple pie prepared by Jim's mom with some vanilla ice cream on top. He approaches a brownie tray. He looks to see if anyone is paying attention. No one is. He makes his move and counts along with each grab. One, two, three. He pauses, double checks, grabs another. Four, four brownies on the plate. He licks his fingers. And we head to a commercial. Yeah, baby, we are back. Sunday Night Heat, L-I-V-E, live. And yeah, check it out. The Godfather is pimping and styling. It's true, the Godfather is here. And wow, Godfather with the Nation of Domination music. Just not something I ever see in my head, but it's true. It happened, but it's weird. He's got two ladies with him tonight. His opponent, already in the ring, former WCW champion, history maker, and barrier breaker, Farouk. So, I like the brand synergy here. Earlier, already in the ring, future WWE champ Bradshaw. Here, already in the ring, former WCW, history maker, door down breaker, door, <laughs> whatever I said. For But they're the acolytes, and they're better than this. Oh, well. Now, this is also a version of Farouk I completely forgot about. He's not in the nation. He's not an acolyte. He's not in the APA. He is wearing his Nation of Domination gear, but that gear had, like, yellow stripes with black polka dots. This has more, like, of a white, red, and blue pattern on the front. It's 
like blink and you miss it. Like if I were to show you a picture, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's Farouk when he was in the nation, but it's not. And that's okay. It's just as dumb as it sounds. That's some of my favorite shit about watching stuff like this. Sue me. <laughs> what? Well, this is the nineties. I'm going to sue you. You should check out Junkman, Suburban Commando. It just came out a couple days ago. What are you doing? Now, The Godfather speaks. Now, I'm going to do a Godfather impression. Keep in mind, I'm just doing an impression of the character that Charles Wright is portraying. Okay? You know me for a long time. You know what I am. That's a pimp. <laughs> yeah. Pimp Daddy! Says Shane McMahon. Let's repeat that. Yeah. Pimp Daddy! And even though pimping ain't easy, I am a pimp. But what you don't know, Mr. Farouk, is right here in Chicago, they got some of the best hoes ever born. Just for you, what I did was I went out and handpicked two for you. Proposition, possibly? Shade wonders aloud for everyone. Your choice. You could go round and round with me, knowing I'm going to kick your ass. Or, for a small fee, of course, you could choose either one. Now, Farouk, take survey of the hoes. And picks the one on the left. The one on the left approaches Farouk, but no! Farouk grabs her hand, moves her out of the way, then lunges forward with a big right hand, but almost trips as he's making his move forward for the big right hand. The right hand barely connects. Farouk doesn't trip all the way. It is still standing. And the bell rings for our third contest here on the series finale of Kickfish. Both men tussle. In the match's early stages, and we are immediately outside the ring, Farouk tosses the Godfather inside after slamming his face on the solid steel steps. But wait a minute, it looks like we have some visitors. Wait a minute, here comes D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. Look at that, D'Lo Brown with the head shaking. Yeah, you better recognize, oh man, Farouk with the shot. You know, it's going to be Mark Henry versus The Rock tonight, Shane, and also D'Lo Brown taking on X-Pac. Fucking X-Pac. A big D-Lo sucks chant. You gotta imagine The Rock will be looking for some payback tonight against Mark Henry. Payback, payback! The Godfather's in control with some power moves and then some punches to a rather unique area of the body that gets Shane all excited. Yeah, in the kidneys, baby. In the kidneys! And ho, the action is hot, man. It's hot on USA Network. Oh no, this is it. Our final Sunday Night Heat ad copy for USA Network. Side effect, though, it's so interesting to me the line they have to walk here because obviously they want people to buy the pay-per-view. This entire show is designed to sell the pay-per-view that happens immediately next. So they're kind of being like, hey, guys, here's, what's your, here's what you're going to miss on USA Network, right? Because you're going to buy the pay-per-view? Anyway, this is what it sounds like. The whole Sunday Night Heat block is pumped up. USA, matter of fact, Pacific Blue, next. Will the surfboard champ ride the perfect wave or get cut off by the competition? Hit the beach with an all-new Pac Blue. Then at nine is Cassie, the daughter of a serial killer mom. Check it out on an all-new Silk Stockings. And reversal. Here we go. Watch it. Oh, and oh, man. And that's it. Then at ten, Madeline is taken hostage. And Nikita is the only one that can save her. Peter Wilson. The hot babe is La Femme Nikita. That's tonight at 10, right here on USA. Oh, nobody home. It's true. No one was home when the Godfather went for an Ultimate Warrior big splash. Now Farouk climbs the top rope. 
Check it out. Check it out. 33 minutes and 47 seconds till Judgment Day. Here we go on top. Oh! The O is because the Godfather hit the ropes and Farouk fell, experiencing some dick trauma. Cornette then says, quote, Farouk's not an aerial artist. He's Power Man. I always thought Luke Cage was Power Man. But what do I know? Just a stupid guy on the internet. The Godfather measures Farouk and then hits a big chest kick. Like he just kicks him in the chest. Oh my god! Came out of my seat with that one! Really? That got you out of your seat? One, two, three, he got him! Afterwards, D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry ram Farouk into the post on the outside of the ring. They go in to celebrate with the Godfather. Godfather brings it in close with D'Lo for a big hug. But uh uh-oh! D'Lo transitions into the sky high! And then Mark Henry does his own Ultimate Warrior splash onto the Godfather. Oh, Mark Henry! Forget about it! Yo, yo, here comes the Rock! Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby! The number one contender is in the house! Look at the speed of the Rock! Woo, baby! The Rock does have speed as he chases the heels away to the back. And it looks like the Nation of Domination is now officially disbanded. Man, the Rock! D'Lo will be back on Sunday Night Heat. Is he just yearning to make sure D'Lo's safe? Man, The Rock, D'Lo will be back. Oh well, it's fine. We head to a commercial. But during the break, when we come back, Shane says, Yo, check this out, Jim. During the break, here you see Farouk, who has just been beaten. And he's been walking right there, and look at this guy. That's the (laughs) Jackal. He's been walking right there, and look at this guy. That's the Jackal. Yes, the Jackal and his fucking coke nails are here. I totally forgot the Acolytes were originally a Jackal team. Who else forgot that? Raise your hand if you forgot that. Are you all raising your hands? Well, don't do it while you're driving, for Christ's sakes. I can't be held legal if you raise your hand and wrecked your car, okay? I'm not liable for that. Cornette lets us know that speaking from experience as a manager, the best time to try to get new talent is to get them when they're down, not when they're on top. Not bad uh, business management information from a Jim Cornette. But speaking of men that are on top, hello, ladies. La, la, la. The big Palposki hears the music. But we all hear the music, Shane. Val walks out in a WWF Attitude t-shirt with a fanny pack, thus ruining the illusion that he's a ladies' man. But some still believe, as Shane makes this evident, Val Venus, yeah, baby, on his way down to join us with commentary. Woohoo! Come on down, Val. Nice sign in the front row. Val Venus penetrates Chicago. It's a big sign. We flash back to Raw, where Val Venus lost the Intercontinental Championship semifinals to Ken Shamrock, and Goldust returned and hit Val Venus with the Shattered Dreams. Is the big Valboski okay? Serious question, though, aside from that one. Why does Jim Cornette pronounce Big Val Boski, Big Val Boski? Like Bosk from Star Wars. You know, the lizard guy who's a bounty hunter. Bounty hunters, we don't need that scum. And that lizard guy's like, I'm a lizard guy. That's Bosk, in case you didn't know that. Shane welcomes Val to the announce table with arms outstretched. Shane asks Val if he's okay. Val tells Goldust that tonight... His final credits will roll, and he will not end my video career. So this video career, that's what we're calling it. 
Val says he's on the rise, and Goldust is shrinking into obscurity. Nice counterpoint to all these dick puns here. There's a lovely child right behind Val Vetus eating a massive stick of cotton candy while Val's sitting here talking about his cock. It's fun for the whole family, ladies and gentlemen. Shane wants to ask Val Vetus some more. But wait a minute, what's this? He grabs his ear bow, his little fucking ear headset. Wait, Michael Cole is in the back with Paul Bear. Thanks, Shane. The question of the day, Paul Bear, is why are you here? For the love of Pete, I'm here for the food. I'm here to visit with some friends and watch the big event tonight. Seriously, Paul, the Undertaker and Kane tonight. You've got to have something up your sleeve. So you're saying you don't believe me? I said I'm here for the food and the camaraderie and watch the show. That's it. Well, that's Paul Bearer, ladies and gentlemen. Camaraderie, eat some food. We'll be right back. And we do indeed head to a commercial. Back in the arena, though, back from commercial, here comes Jeff Jarrett. No shirt, no guitar. His opponent, already in the ring, Scorpio! Yes, the world's greatest boss, Scorpio! No relation to Hank Scorpio. Oh man, heat's popped up! Jeff Jarrett, take it on Scorpio! We have a guest here with us, none other than the big Val Bosky. And Val, I have to ask the question. You seem to have Dustin's number a while ago, but this is Gold Dust we're talking about, and Gold Dust is a whole other animal. What are your chances here tonight? Val says that back when Dustin was Dustin, and he was a hardcore right-wing conservative, and he had his brain closed, he had an opportunity. He had an opportunity to make something of himself. Now he's becoming a hardcore left-wing liberal with an open mind. In fact, he's so open-minded, his brains are leaking all over the damn place, and that makes him a very dangerous man. So this is just Sean Morley getting to play politics, right? I mean, this statement makes no sense for the Val Venus character. He made fun of Dustin Runnels the Preacher all the fucking time. The Val Venus character wouldn't see something right-wing as a chance to make some... The guy's a porn star! I mean, look, you could be a right-wing porn star, I guess. There's a role with porn. But you gotta think that Christian conservatives would... Conservatives? Conservative. I can't even say it. It it makes me sick. It makes me want to puke. No, I'm just kidding. You can be conservative if you want. Just don't be insane. Okay? But this is... This is so out of sorts. And the only reason I'm bringing it to the forefront is because it doesn't make sense. It makes tons of sense for Sean Morley, and that's fine. He can do what he... And think what he wants, as long as he doesn't, you know, break laws. Okay? But... The Val Venus character, I don't think, would think this way. So, whatever. Maybe maybe this is just uh, a, a reason we have scripted promos now. Okay? It just doesn't make sense for Val, the character. Stupid. Speaking of stupid, Scorpio does a back handspring for no reason, as if anyone's actually watching the match, because, wait a minute, an usher is here! And I think it might be the same usher from Goldust 1996, late 95 run. It's unconfirmed, but the facial hair looks oddly similar. He hands Valvetus a gold present and hands his, uh, extends his hand forward looking for a tip. Valvetus has got a tip for him. He spits in his hand. Gross. Meanwhile, hold on a second. I wasn't even seeing this. Scorpio, oh, miscalculation there. Yeah, Scorpio missed a moonsault, if anybody cares. Poor Scorpio. He, he thinks people are actually watching his matches. Aww. 
Jim Cornette puts over the fact that Goldust beat Razor Ramon and Rowdy Piper because they're in WCW now. Inside the package, you want to know? Well, Shane tells us. What the hell's... <laughs> See, Shane thinks the gift is funny because it's a golden athletic supporter. Jeff Jarrett murders Scorpio with a baseball slide. I mean, it's fucking boot to skull. But we immediately have to cut the camera to this golden cup. Is that a gravy boat? Val Venus drops the headset and flees the scene. We then cut to Shane McMahon at the announce table, fingering the cup, wondering if it would even fit a Val Venus. Jeff Jarrett's on the top rope now. Yes, there's a match going on. Hits a flying crossbody. One, two, no. Oh, he can't get Scorpio. Chinlock by Jeff Jarrett. Jim Cornette proclaims that Goldust is playing mind games with a golden cup. There you see, Judgment Day, 22 minutes, 16 seconds. We're pumped up because we're going to see that big Valboski taking on Goldust. Scorpio fights back. He's up to a vertical base. There you go. That's it, Scorp. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, but Jeff Jarrett cuts off Scorpio with a kitchen sink knee driver. Scorpio fights back with a spinning kick that misses by a mile. Oh, man, Scorpio didn't get him. If Scorpio connected with the kick, it would be, well, could be, no, only a two count. Oh, no, though, Scorpio is pushed into the referee very lightly, and the referee sells like it's grim death. Oh, referee got hammered on that one. And look at this, Slamorama. The Slamorama, by the way, is a side suplex delivered by Ch- Slamorama. It's just a side suplex. Al Snow is out now to help the referee get back in the ring. He stuffs head into the back of referee Jimmy Corderas' pants. Yep, he does. Then he rolls Jimmy inside the ring. The referee turns his back to the competitors and thanks Al Snow for helping him up. Jeff Jarrett sees head is hanging out of Jimmy's ass. And he's all like, I'll watch that head do it in Jimmy Corderas' ass. Scorpio does a flip and rolls up Jeff Jarrett. One! Two, three, Scorpio wins. Oh, what an upset. Scorpio, head, head, head. Sure enough, what Al Snow had done is attached a pole to the mannequin head so it would stay in the anus of a Jimmy Corderas. What does everybody want? Unbelievable head. Still to come right here on Heat, the IC title will be given over from Hunter Hearst Helmsley to the new IC champ, Ken Shamrock. We see the fucking Ken Shamrock. Triple H graphic again. Uh-oh. Stone Cold Steve Austin has arrived to the arena in the backstage area, and the crowd goes insane. He heads up some stairs, but Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson are at the top of the stairs, immediately cutting him off. Steve Austin, you can't come up here. This is for wrestlers only. Mr. McMahon says you're a referee tonight, so go to the referee's quarters. <laughs> This is shit I love about wrestling, man. The referee's quarters. It's 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 perfect. They lead Stone Cold to the referee's quarters, which, by the way, are just a broom closet. Upon seeing the broom closet, Stone Cold says, Oh, please. Austin tosses Mike Kyoto out of the broom closet. Nice accommodations. Nice accommodations. Austin is in the house. Judgment Day is just a little bit away. Unbelievable. And we head to a commercial. We're back from commercial. Out comes the challenger of the unknown for the last time here on Kingfish, Kenny Shamrock. 
Joe Briscoe, Sergeant Slaughter, and Pat Patterson are already in the ring. Man, unbelievable path that Shamrock had to endure on Brawl. You should check out Ringman, where Johnny C covered it all in the new TNN archives. Wait a minute, he said that? Oh, thanks, buddy. But we do see footage of Ken beating Steve Blackman, Val Venus, and then X-Pac in the finals. Also, interesting note, as Ken Shamrock mounts the steps back here in the arena, a fan in a Hollywood Hulk Hogan shirt yells at Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock makes the mistake of paying attention to this drunken fan, and this dude flashes him. He lifts up his t-shirt like, hey, what do you got? Put up your dukes. And this guy, well, he's not like fucking Paul Bear. I don't know if I'd be flashing the goods all over TV like that. Funny moment here. As they replay the tournament highlights, we see Ken Shamrock making X-Pac tap out to the ankle lock. Jim Cornette's on the call and, of course, says X-Pac. And you know what? The closed captioner has had enough, and he just writes X-Pac. P-A-C-K. Shane McMahon calls X-Pac the gutsiest competitor for his money in the WWF. Well, that will change rather quickly. Break it down. Well, that's what the DX band is saying because DX is coming out. And Shane McMahon, in case you didn't know the lyrics, says, Oh boy, break it down, bye-bye. Hey, here's something funny. Because Shane's singing the lyrics here. It made me think of this. Did you know that I just recently learned that X-Pac's theme song does not actually contain the lyrics that I believed it did? In my entire life, I always thought the opening to X-Pac song was a little something like this. <clears throat> X-Pac! X-Pac! But did you know it's really... Make some noise! X-Pac! Triple H, X-Pac, and China are here. Triple H makes an X with his crutches. I like that. X-Pac is wearing a Bowmasters t-shirt. All I could find on that was an online game. Is X-Pac advertising an online game in 1998? I don't know. Cornette calls the Intercontinental Championship belt symbolic of the Intercontinental Championship. No, 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 it didn't cut out. I'm just, just letting that sink in for everybody. Stone Cold Steve Austin watches this ceremony from a tiny TV in the broom closet. Triple H takes a really long time to get into the ring. And when he finally does, Sergeant Slaughter orders China and X-Pac back to the dressing room. What's up with that? You know, usually I hang out with the Stooges. Uncle Jerry, Uncle Pat, Uncle Sarge. You know, do you calm the Stooges to their face? Eh, sometimes I do. Sergeant Slaughter introduces to all of the maggots out there the first Intercontinental Champion, Mr. Pat Patterson. That is true. He was the first Intercontinental Champion. Pat has a microphone. Is this going to come with subtitles? Pat Patterson says Ken Shamrock reminds him of a young Pat Patterson. Where in Rio de Janeiro, I beat 15 wrestlers to become the first Intercontinental Championship. And to you, Triple H, since you stole the belt at WrestleMania, SummerSlam, SummerSlam, corrects Triple H to Pat Patterson. Since you stole the belt, you've been a disgrace to the championship. Pat Patterson tells Steve Austin to make sure he's listening and taking notes because tonight this is how Mr. McMahon wants it done. You must humble yourself. And now, 
Mr. Hemsley. He does call him Hemsley. If you would pass on the belt to the new and proud champion. Triple H yanks the mic away from Pat, but they refuse to let Triple H speak. And so he begrudgingly hands the belt to Ken Shamrock and leaves the ring. But Triple H kept a hold of the microphone and says on his way out, Oh yeah, Shamrock, I forgot one thing. Myself, DX, and everyone here has two words for ya. Talk it, says everybody. Oh, says Shane McMahon. Ken Shamrock is furious but does nothing. Backstage, Mr. McMahon is in his mechanized wheelchair just zooming around. Mr. McMahon, my pop! In a customized wheelchair. And your boy, Mr. McMahon, will address everyone when we come back. We're back at the announce table for our final look at Shane McMahon in his fucking hat here on Kingfish. Well, welcome back to Sunday Night Heat, and thanks for watching with us. Pack Blue is next, but those of you joining us on pay-per-view, get pumped, because we're only five minutes away. The countdown clock returns, and sure enough, Five minutes and 25 seconds, so the man ain't wrong. Backstage, Ken Shamrock and the Stooges see Triple H getting into a car, and Shamrock slams the car door on Triple H, giving him some more time off. In the entranceway, Mr. McMahon appears in his mechanized wheelchair. What's up, Pop? McMahon has the big boss man in a hood next to him, cops and barking dogs. There's a big asshole chant. Really big. Tonight, Austin will crown a new champion. Or live on pay-per-view. I guarantee you, I will fire your ass. Guaranteed, Jim. It's guaranteed. Why can't you fans understand? Because each and every one of you have done certain favors for a boss, or a teacher, or a dominating family member. Yikes, Vince! Jesus Christ! Vince believes everyone has done favors for bosses, teachers, or a dominating family member. Well, now I understand where those Stephanie angles came from. There's a massive Austin chant. You have all sucked up to your superiors. And a large quotient of you have done favors, sucked up, and, dare I say, kissed ass to get where you are now. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's the American way. So I'm just asking Austin to slightly bend his values. Only asking him to give up a bit, as it relates to that thoroughbred spirit he has. An even bigger asshole chant erupts. Uh, What? Mr. McMahon says, thus indicating that Austin stole what? From Mr. McMahon. Don't blame me, Stone Cold, if you defy me. It won't be Vince McMahon screwing Stone Cold. It will be Stone Cold screwing Stone Cold. I don't think Austin will defy me because Austin is just like you. Neither you... Nor Stone Cold has the guts to defy Vince McMahon. You will be humbled tonight, Stone Cold Steve Austin, because Vince McMahon said so. Backstage, Austin throws the tiny TV, shattering it into a trillion pieces. And the final words happen. Man, how far? Oh, Austin, that got him upset tonight. Judgment Day, what's going to happen? And... Guys, that's that. The end of Kingfish. But you know what? Shane's last words didn't really strike me as anything too important. So let's take just a brief fun look back at some of Shane McMahon's greatest hits. 
Triple H. That one time Triple H was on the apron pointing at him and Shane said, Oh, Triple H. That one time Gangrel was standing in the ring drinking from his chalice and Shane said under his breath, Man, Count Chocula. That one time somebody did a DDT and Shane said, Oh yeah, nice suplex. Most of the times Jacqueline came down to the ring. There comes Jacqueline. The baby with back. His favorite destination to head to. Oh yeah, going downtown. And of course, the show's namesake, the greatest Shane McMahon quote in the history of our sport. <laughs> Sorry, I was told back tears. What up, Kickfish? Words to live by, ladies and gentlemen. What up, Kingfish? Indeed. And that's going to wrap up the Kingfish Experiment. Thank you to everyone that listened to an episode of Kingfish ever. If you need to, go into the fucking archives and listen to it. They're all there. All 12 of them. And thus, Kingfish has ended. But here on the new TNN podcast feed, Rigman, Toadman, Concrete Man, Junk Man, they all continue. Let's make fun of bad boobies. Let's talk about wrestling. Let's watch Dawson's Creek with some of our friends on Toadman. And on Concrete Man, let's make fun of Vince McMahon yelling in your house because that's what we do here and that's what I care about. And I am Dan Aykroyd from Tammy Boy. I'm also Johnny C. You are all winners. And remember... There's a little kickfish in all of us. I bid you good night and good luck.